For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's do it. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Three hours for us today. Rodney, I don't think people are over it yet. I think you're still feeling it. Are you? Not really. Are you? Not really. No. No, people are still feeling what happened. And by the way, this might be the wrong thing to say. Good luck to the Padres. Good luck to the Phillies. Do you really care who wins that? Who is you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think the Phillies are going to win it. Okay. I think I think the Phillies will win it. Yeah. But I, I I'm really not invested emotionally. So you know, so I think we talked about this about like, well, the Dodgers lost to the Padres, they're a rival. Would you rather them continue to win or do you because they're a rival? Dodgers the Padres feel that the Dodgers are a rival. The Dodgers are like, ah, whatever. Yeah. So from that standpoint, there might be some Dodger fans who don't want the Padres to win because they're a rival, and there might be others who say, Yeah. We lost to the World Series champion, so let him have it. Yeah, I, I'm neither. I just think the Phillies will win. I, I Emotionally, I'm no longer invested in that. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I tell you what, the Padres win it. You will never hear the end of it. Never once. <laughs> never you once. You will never hear. They will ride this for the next 30 years. And because they, of, yeah, you're not, right, Rod. Not, not only did they win it, but they knocked the Dodgers out in path to the World Series championship. That will last them probably more than 30 years. And my best friend is a Padre fan. So for those reasons, and nobody's rooting against the Padres harder than me. Because I do not <laughs> want to hear him talk. So, Fred, I am very, very yeah. much emotionally invested in this series. And the yeah. World Series if they happen to advance. Outside, of the I got fact, a few of those too, Kevin. Exactly, that Rodney. just are diehard Padres fans and man. I see his name pop. I don't even answer the phone anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't. He's blocked for another two weeks. And for a lot of Dodger fans, Fred, I'm sure the sentiment is the same. Cousin, brother, auntie, whatever, Padre fan from San Diego. There's a lot of that going on. So I think for that reason alone, there are a lot of Dodger fans who would rather not have the Padres go ahead and win this thing. Yeah, I, I look at it like this. The Padres won. Again, congratulations. You know, take all the uh, the chirping out of it. They won. And congratulations yeah. to them. But the Dodgers didn't play their best baseball. No, they didn't. And, you know, I maybe this is the wrong way to look at it. But And I use the term, it's self-inflicted. The Padres yeah. won, but the Dodgers actually lost. If the Dodgers had hit the ball like the Dodgers and played as they had, it would be a different story. But that yeah. isn't the story. 
I agree with that. I, I look at it like the like you're right. The the Dodgers. You can really, and I think if you're objective, say you're not a fan of either either team, you can look at that and go, Dodgers didn't play well. The the 111 team Dodgers, they didn't play well in that in that series against the Padres, and it, and it was more like, and I hate to say this, but it's more the Dodgers lost than the Padres won. Um. Either way, but you, you you win either way. I don't I don't like saying that, but um, but when you look at the Phillies, you look at the Phillies as the better, hotter team won. The Phillies are hot, and they they went out and they took it. They took it. They took it from the, uh, Brave. the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Uh, they took it from the, who they played for, Cardinals. Yeah. They, they took it, um, and they they were the hotter team. That being said, I think the Padres are the better team. And for that reason, I think the Padres beat the Phillies in a seven-game series. But you know what's interesting about the Phillies? Uh, they fired their manager, Joe Girardi, early yes. in the year. The Angels tried the same thing with Joe Madden because yes. the new guy came in and they took off. And now he's got them in the playoffs. I mean, it'd be amazing if the Phillies went on to win the National League and even the World Series, but at least the National League, with a man that was put in the job in the middle of the season when they yeah. fired their manager. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty remarkable story. It is. You know, and somebody tried to like that. Oh, that's why you get rid of the Phillies did it. Well, the Phillies were 8 million games under 500 when they fired Joe Girardi. You know, it wasn't like they were winning. Dodgers have been winning. Um, and you don't fire your manager when you're in first place. Um, so they, they – they, and the culture was changed. But was, what's ironic about that, they, the guy that replaced him, I forget his name of, of the Phillies the manager Thompson. now. Rob Thompson. Thompson. Rob Thompson. Yeah, but he, he he's – He's basically Joe Girardi's guy. So it's like the same group. It didn't come from outside. He was with Girardi in in, uh, in New York uh, with them. And they came to the, to the Phillies with him. So it wasn't like they went and got some guy that was not a part of their system or not a part of the organization. They hired within. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the philosophy was similar to what they had. It just didn't, didn't gel under Joe Girardi. And they took off with this guy. Yeah. So that gets underway today. Yankees and Guardians rained out last night. Their series will conclude today one way or the other. Uh, 1 o'clock, Andrew Friedman talks to the media at Dodger Stadium. Become a rite of passage. When it's all said and done, they have the postseason wrap-it-up news conference. Wrap it up. And uh, he will talk about what happened this year. I'm sure he will express disappointment and frustration. But the real question becomes, what do you do going forward? How do you move forward after something like this? And we're going to carry that live at 1 o'clock. David Basset is also out there, so make sure you're listening. 1 o'clock, Dodger fans. It's the information you want, and we're going to carry it live. And the one thing I'll say about Andrew Friedman, whether you like him or not, we happen to like him, uh, he's always honest. If there's something he can answer, he'll answer it. If there's something he can't answer, he'll explain why he can't answer it at this time. So a lot of times when you listen to these news conferences, you hear what you hear. I think he's pretty forthcoming, Rodney, and usually very honest. So I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think this year more so than than ever. I think people are are really tuned in to what he has to say or what he will say, um, just based on the exit the Dodgers had in this playoff round, uh, especially having the season that they had. I think people are really anxious to see if Andrew Friedman's going to come on and say, "Oh, we were about to make wholesale changes," <laughs> which some people I think want. Um, and, and, and others are just like, okay, break it down for us. I want to know, 
I want to know some of the details of why uh, this team uh, couldn't close the deal. Well, what are the wholesale changes people want? Check social media. And even when we are doing the show during the season, Dodgers could win 10 straight, and there's one change everybody wants. That's fire Dave Roberts. That's the change. Mm -hmm. He's the reason. He's the problem. Fred, I think it's uh, it's probably appropriate that we do like your annual PSA on why Dave Roberts will remain the manager of the Dodgers. I think it's probably time for that. Should we right? do it? I think we should do it. All right. Let's, All right. Do, let's do it now. Let's do it. So the fan base wants Dave Roberts fired. Dave Roberts is not going to be fired. And here's why. Dave Roberts has had the most successful run as a manager in recent memory in Major League Baseball. The Dodgers have won their division. They're always in the conversation. Now, granted, they may not have gotten over the hump, but they're in the conversation and they're right there. That's an incredible feat. Keep in mind that Dave Roberts works in collaboration with the front office. So some of the decisions Dave makes are actually planned out, they're scripted. They've had meetings, they've looked at all the data, all the analytics, and they base their decisions on what they expect would happen and the highest probability of success. People oftentimes want to point the finger at Dave, and Dave has made some mistakes. He'd be the first one to admit that. But his total body of work would suggest that he is one of the best managers in baseball, whether you like it or not. His total body of work would suggest that. And he is entering the first of a new three-year deal. Dave Roberts will remain manager of the Dodgers. Thank you. This PSA paid for by supportdaveroberts.org. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going anywhere. People have to remember that the Dodgers work in a collaborative ma manner. And you also have to remember this. A lot of teams work this way, Rodney. A lot of teams work this exact way. And you've got somebody yes. that has had you at the very top. Maybe didn't close the deal. But how many teams are at the very top all the time? That's the question. Not, not many. Not many can say the consistency of success that Dave Roberts and the Dodgers have had over the last 10 years. Not many teams can say that, if any. Um, and I know the goal, we say it often here on this show, that you got to win here. And just getting there is not good enough. Uh, when you're a Dodger, especially if you're a Dodger or a Laker, you got to go win it all. And Dodgers haven't done that. That's the facts. They haven't done that. And they've done it one time since 88. Um, and, and, and now more than ever, um, people want to bring up the pandemic year and put an asterisk on that one because they, you know, they don't want to count that one now. I hear that more than ever now because Dodgers got bounced and they haven't done anything. Look, they and you really can't call that that one they won in 2020 a real one because uh, it was uh, in the pandemic year, um, which I I, have, I I I don't subscribe to at all. I think it was even tougher to win that one than anyone else. But yeah, I mean, again, I'll say it. I just to me. Just knowing that uh, from a player standpoint, getting there, once you get there, 
It is about the players playing. It is about the stars coming out to shine. And the Dodgers players did not play well. At the end of the day, the Dodgers player. If I'm on that team, and I've, I've had small conversations with, with a few of them um, that I, I keep in contact with on a regular basis, and every one of them have said, this one's on us at players. We didn't play well. We didn't get the job done. And people need to stop blaming Dave Roberts because it is the guys on the field that let this team down and let the city down and didn't get the job done. Dave Roberts got us to where we wanted to get to, put us in positions to win, and we didn't come through. Bottom line, period. See you so, later. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that being said, and people's reaction to Dave Roberts and the frustration that the fans are feeling, here's the issue. Myself, perhaps Rodney, you as a fan, certainly you as a fan, when you have a year like this, and when the manager says at the beginning of the year, we're going to win the World Series, there are great expectations. If you've ever been to therapy and talked to a therapist, they will tell you that's really a bad word, expectation expectations rarely are met because you move the goalposts and they get larger or they become different. So it's the hardest thing to do is to meet somebody else's expectation. The only thing you can meet is your own expectation. But you're a fan. You expect them to win. You want them to win. And because of that, you feel really upset and really frustrated. Now you can make the argument and rightfully so, that it's the Dodgers' fault. It's the Dodgers' fault for putting together teams that are so good that are in the conversation that you expect them to win. But it's unfair to place that that label of expectation on a World Series on someone else because a therapist would tell you it's unhealthy. It doesn't help you today. It won't help you tomorrow. It didn't help you over the weekend, but it really is the truth. The Dodgers have put together an organization that every year is there. You expect them to close the deal. We want them to close the deal. But it is unfair to say, well, they're a bunch of losers. They didn't get it done. That is your expectation on them. I say be thankful that they're in the position they're in every year. Would you rather be the Pittsburgh Pirates? Would you rather be the Cincinnati Reds? Would you rather be the Kansas City Royals? Would you rather be the Detroit Tigers? Would you rather be any of those franchises where there is little to no hope, zero expectation, and you just sit and wait and wait? Rodney, does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And there's no one no one out there fan-wise puts more pressure, expectations, higher aspirations than the Dodger players. So the Dodger players themselves have the highest of expectations in what they want to accomplish and what they believe they can accomplish. Um so don't think for one second that they, that they're okay with it and and this is this is just another year? No, they're they're more disappointed than than any uh, any fan could be, because they're living it, they're playing it. They had a chance, they had a chance to affect the outcome, and they didn't get it done. And that that tears at you, and it'll tear at them until spring training starts next year. 
All right, let's give a quick shout-out to somebody. And uh, we usually don't do this in the first segment of the show, but we got to shout this guy out. And we rarely shout out a kicker in the first segment of the show. Dustin Hopkins of the Chargers is a complete and total stud. He is a stud. Now, I don't know if you saw the game last night, and if you did, apologies, because it wasn't very good. Uh, Chargers are all banged up. It's obvious Justin Herbert's not 100% either. Uh, Denver's terrible. Russell Wilson yeah, is are. a man lost. He, he just... This this is a debacle. He's yes, not what they thought he was. Uh, the new coaching staff isn't helping him. They're not connecting. It's really bad. They're terrible. But the one man that stepped up in a bad game and elevated the Chargers into a first-place tie in the division was Dustin Hopkins. Rarely do we trumpet the work of the kicker. But we must trumpet last night because this guy literally left it on the field. He blew out his hamstring. He blew his hamstring out and went out and kicked four field goals, one of them in overtime to win the game. And every time he kicked a ball, he fell over. Every time he kicked a ball, he was in excruciating pain. I don't know if everybody would have run out in the field to do that. He blew out his hamstring and kept hobbling onto the field. Blew out his hamstring. Kicked the well. He, he heard the pop. Blew out his hamstring, though, friend. I don't think he blew it out. Well, he heard the pop. That's his hamstring. <laughs> Kicked the ball. He blew it out. I'm surprised. You know what? I'm surprised he even has a like today. And uh, he went out there, yeah. and he drilled these field goals. Every time he kicked the ball, he fell down. Are you his agent, Fred? I'm yeah, not just oh, saying. He blew his hamstring, he man. That's blew it all the way out. out. He was uh, he one leg. He may never leg. walk again. Yeah. Peg leg Hopkins came out <laughs> and kicked him. The peg was out there. But he drilled it every time. And the pain he was in, and they'd have to help him up and drag him off the field, and then he'd run back out there. I thought that, honest to God, I thought that was remarkable. I thought that was one of the great moments. And it it's not going to go down in the top 10 L.A. sports moments. But that was pretty impressive, Rodney. You have to give him that. Oh, yeah, of course. And he certainly pulled his hamstring. He heard a pop, as you mentioned. Um, blowing it out is a little extreme. But, uh, but yeah, but for a kicker, and, and people often, the kickers are but a lot of jokes. They don't really do anything. They're not really a, a football player. They're everybody else and the kicker, and they get made fun of oftentimes. But they do are a necessary component to a team winning a championship. I've been in several games and several teams where things have come down to the kicker, including the Super Bowl. Um, so uh, they, they are very important. And for him, um, it's not like he hurt his shoulder or he hurt a finger or broke his wrist. Uh, it, it's his leg and his hamstring, which is very vital for the success of a kicker. And for him to go out and do that, after being injured, it wasn't like he got injured on that particular play. He got injured early in the game, right? And continued to go out there and kick and be accurate. Uh, yeah, all kinds of props to to Hopkins for what he did, and then to kick the game winner. I think that that he he should be AFC Player of the Week. I do too. He should be AFC Player of the Week. And if you run into Dustin Hopkins. And there's a chance you might run into him and not even know who he is. True. So if you run into a guy who seems to be hobbling and you ask him if his name is Dustin Hopkins, and if he says, yes, it is. <laughs> so you could go up to anybody that's hobbling, Fred? Does right. That, that, that'll work? Right. Anybody hobbling, ask him, are you Dustin Hopkins? 
If the guy says, yes, I am, buy that man a drink. <laughs> buy that man a drink. Nice to meet you, Fred. <laughs> I'm Dustin Hopkins. Yeah. Help a brother out. What are you drinking, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lakers, tip it off tonight in Golden State. AD says he'll be ready. We're going to ruin their ring ceremony. Damn right. Let's just hope none of the Lakers get ruined in their opener. Dan Wojcicki will join us next. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Win. That's win. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570 LA Sports. Valentine's Day, the worst day. Got two men in the police. I probably have a pink. Oh, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a beautiful Tuesday in Southern California. Yes, we had a tough weekend as L.A. folks here. We're going to get over it together, Freddie. We're going to get through this whole process together and keep on moving and keep on healing. Let's you know we it. are. You know we are. All right, uh, hockey. Quick hockey note. Kings beat Detroit last night. Yes, they did. In overtime, Victor Arvidsson made one of the biggest boneheaded moves you could imagine. Uh, Detroit has six attackers on. They have an empty net. Kings are up by a goal. Arvidsson gets the puck. The net is empty. He's ahead of the defense. All he's got to do is shoot the puck. The net is wide open. All he's got to do is shoot the puck. He'll score. The Kings will lead by two goals, and that will be the end of it. For whatever reason, Victor Arvidsson decides... This is like Holiday on Ice. Mm. Disney on Ice. Mm. It's like he's at uh, the Isoplex in Simi Valley. (laughs) And he goes on a leisurely skate. I mean, there was no rush. Casual stroll. Casual stroll. I'm just moving down. And I'm just going to do a little stick handling. Ice capades. The ice capades. What happens? The guy from Detroit skates up behind him, dives, and knocks the puck away. The Red Wings come back and score to tie the game. The game goes into overtime. Philip Deneau scores, and the Kings win. But that had to be one of the biggest boneheaded moves. Arvidsson, just shoot the puck. Just shoot. The net is wide open. You're right. It was like the ice capades. Hey, look at that. I'm surprised he didn't pirouette once. Skate around in circles before he shot it. Anyway, somehow, some way. The Kings beat Detroit despite that play. Meantime, NBA tips tonight. The Lakers are in Golden State, and our man Dan Wojcicki joins us. Dan, good afternoon. Guys, hello. Well, hello. Hey, Daniel. Up. Hey, guys. How are hey, guys, you? I'm literally, I'm literally sitting on a stoop in a public park, so if you hear some ruckus things, I, I am letting the city wash over me right now. Oh, what public park, Dan, so we can tell the folks to come say hello to you? Um, it's one of the big ones. It's like right in the middle of town. I know that I'm paying $600 Ooh. a night to sit here. That's how comfortable it is. Ooh, oh, love it. Echo Park. 
Lovely. <laughs> Sit in the park. Yeah. All right. Very, 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 very affordable up here, fellas. <laughs> As we begin, uh, no Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook. Will yeah. he be ready to go? Yeah, I, I, I think Russell Westbrook is going to play. Uh, it, he, <laughs> we talked. He, he, he said to me today at Shooter on that he would probably be talking post game that he would probably be there because on the injury report he's probable. Um, he's very literal, but I, I think look right. Like he went through shoot around. Um, he's moving okay. I, you, you know, the more interesting question to me, Fred, is like, is he going to start or come off the bench? Um, that has not been officially oh. um, shared with us. Uh, I, I, I see the arguments for both. Um, I'll be very curious to see which will happen. I don't know. Truly. What's your gut telling you? And then what happens if he does end up coming off the bench, Dan, to start this, I mean, uh, I th- start this season? Yeah. I, I, I look, I think that they're going to bring him off the bench. It's like, I think. Um, that's what my gut tells me. And the, the reason is, is that you don't just try it for five minutes and then say, all right, didn't work or we didn't see it. I mean, they wanted to see it for a reason against Sacramento. And, and the reason being is that they thought it was a good idea. And, 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 and isn't, so, this, isn't this, Dan, a perfect opportunity for them to do this since he's, he's, at, he's got the injury? Is a question of if, if he plays or not. Wow. Um, it's just a golden opportunity for them to say, okay, uh, let's just, you know, call it what you want. Minutes, control, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're just sure. going to bring him off the bench and see how he goes and just fold that into that's what we're going to do. We start the season I that think, way. We're going to leave it. Yeah, I mean, look, I think one of the one of the interesting parts of this calculus is just sort of like, you know, how do you – how do you keep Russell Westbrook maximally engaged, right? And I think it, it is a, um, a hit to the ego for sure for a player who has started every game in his NBA career since, you know, a quarter of the way through his rookie season to accept a new role. Like, that, that is tough for people. It is hard for people. People have routines. Their routines are changing. Like, you know, you start the game on the bench sitting versus, you know, you go right from, from warm-ups, right from introductions, right down to the court, and you, start, you break that sweat right away. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, to me, like, the counter-argument, I'm going to talk in circles on this, is that, you know, they did try it, and he hurt his hamstring. He tweaked his hamstring five minutes in. And, you know, if the idea is that you want him on the court, there are other ways to kind of get him with the second unit. You could start him, and you could sub him very quickly, and then you could bring him back with the bench players. Like, that's a common kind of NBA rotational pattern for, for some players. It is a way to functionally bring someone off the bench where they still get to hear their name in the starting lineup. But, you know, you know I, I, it's really Darvin Ham, to me, it's his first really big decision. And, um, you know, we'll know at 530 for sure. Uh, Dan, since 2010, teams with either Kevin Durant or LeBron James have been favored or near the top in the betting odds to win the NBA title. This year, not so much. As a matter of fact, the Lakers are now the ninth favorite to win the title. Uh, yeah. When you look at everything, first, I think they're a playoff team. But I think they're at the bottom, maybe even in the play-in mm-hmm. to get there. Am I wrong or right? Well, that seems about right. I think that's sort of when I talk to people around the league, it's kind of the consensus is that, you know, somewhere between the, you know, the 6 and, and, and 10 range is kind of, you know, when you account for things like injuries and stuff like that. And with the Lakers, you have to account for injuries. You know, we've seen it too many times to, to, to pretend like it's not going to be a factor. And, and, you know, maybe you'll be surprised and the team will – exceed expectations, but, you know, I mean, that to me is, is kind of where most of the people I've talked to have them slotted. Um, you know, we'll see 
Uh, obviously, we know Utah will be worse than they were last year. Uh, but, you know, we'll see who else. You know, is Dallas worse? Is Phoenix worse? Is Memphis worse? Um, you know, we think I, I'm pretty confident in saying I think Minnesota is going to be better than they were a year ago. Um, so it, it is kind of an interesting you know, time. But I will say to your, to your stat about Durant and, and LeBron, I mean, that's sort of the point, too, with the Lakers. And is, is like you just kind of got it. Like, in some ways, you do just want to get there, right? Because if you have LeBron James, you do always feel like you sort of have a chance. And it is this, uh, that belief, I think, drives so much decision-making. Um, this idea that, like, if we, if we can just get to the playoffs and be healthy, you know, we still have this guy who can be the best player on the planet on any given night. Yeah. Um, how, how important, Dan? I know everybody says this to start the season. we got to get off to a good start. But for the Lakers especially, um, them not digging themselves in a hole for the psyche, for the fans, for the team itself. How important is it for them in these first 10 games to kind of be somewhat respectable, but also mainly to get off to a good start? I mean, I think it's important. I think it's going to be hard. They've got a lot going against them. Um, the schedule is very difficult, you know, starting with a very tough week with, you know, with the Warriors and the Clippers. I think um, you also then add in the fact that this is a team that still has question marks, right? Like, they don't know exactly, like, who they are. They don't know exactly the style they want to play. You've got a first-year head coach. They're adjusting to new systems on offense and defense. And, and so, like, there, you can expect growing pain. And so you add that into, like, a very tough schedule, and it's, you know, it's not hard to imagine three and seven or even maybe even worse. Like, it's not... Like, and you're right. I do think, like, there will be – we will have these conversations and you guys will have them with callers um, where people are very full of angst, you know, because it will look at times like last year, and last year was so bad. So that's it, – it, it's a really interesting – you know, the, the schedule didn't do them any favors, right? Like, they don't really ease into this. It is like, you know, the season is here. You're going to play some of the best teams, and you're going to get to test yourself right away. I think that the, the best argument for the Lakers is that they entered the season with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the court. Um, you know, there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case in January. There's no guarantee that that's going to be the case in March. So, like, you know, get, get after it now. You've got most of your players, and, uh, and, and you know, kind of hope your talent can win out as you, as you try to learn the situation and learn, and learn the, new, the new system. All right, let's move across the hall. Where the Lakers are not one of the favorites, the Clippers are one of the favorites. And yes. if they stay healthy this year, Dan, and, you know, that's a big if, but Kawhi is back, Paul George, John Wall coming off the bench. If they stay healthy, I actually think they do have a legitimate shot to win this whole thing. Yeah, I think, too, Fred, the other part of it, um, and, you know, it doesn't happen so much with the public, but I think when you talk to other NBA GMs and scouts and, and executive types, um, you know, the Clippers can make a trade, too. If they, like, their roster is so built for an in-season adjustment. You know, they've got a lot of contracts um, that can be paired together. They've got a lot of useful rotation players that can be sort of bundled in, the, in an upgrade package, right, where you could take the 10th and 11th man on this team, put them together in a trade, and figure out a way to get a better 6th man or a better 7th man or maybe even a better 5th man. Like, so, like, they are kind of built for in-season improvement, too. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously the question is going to be health, but you've got a championship coach, you've got a championship player in Kawhi Leonard, and you've got, you know, as much depth as anyone in the NBA. 
Um, it's, I think at times it's going to be hard to manage some, all that, some of that depth. They've got, you know, 11 guys who probably should credibly feel like they should be on the court. Like Terrence Mann is a pretty good NBA rotation player, and there might not be minutes for him. Luke Kennard has proven to be one of the league's best shooters. Like, it's going to, like, there might not always be minutes for him. But, um, you know, this is, they, they are built for, for a long run. They are built to manage the regular season, and they just need their stars to be healthy and available. As, but you know, you, you say all that. I just I believe the pressure is is on the Clippers. We all talk about the Lakers and what they're going to do and all that. Sure. But the Clippers, for them, isn't it almost? It's it's that time to kind of put up. I know they got there to the to the uh, to the Western Conference Finals, uh, but it's time for them to go win one, isn't it? I mean, the pressure's got to be on the Clippers now. Everybody waiting, Kawhi and Paul George together, and no health is an issue, but. They got to. They got to. They yeah. got to step up this year, right? Yeah, I mean, look. I think it's obviously it's a critical season. I mean, like we are like, you, you know, this isn't just the first year that they've had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. This is, you know, this, this is going to be season four, I believe, um, of, of those two players together. Three, three, uh, right? uh, four, four. Oh, four. Wow. Bubble, the bubble year, the yeah. the Western yeah. Conference Finals, and then the McFlurry this year. So like, or the plan, or whatever it was. So like, you have like those four seasons. You know, they've been together. Like, let's go accomplish something. We put together this great team, and I do think that you know, there's an element within the front office to, to like where it's like, you know, we've waited and waited and waited. Like, let's see it. You know, like we've we've tinkered and we've done all this stuff, and like it is ready for presentation. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's real pressure on them. You know, these these opportunities are are precious. Those windows are, you know, closed rapidly. And, and quite frankly, no one should know that more than the Clippers, right? Like, I mean, they've gone an entire lifespan of a franchise without a trip to the finals. It's really, really hard to do. They've had some really good teams and injuries and stuff like that have gotten in the way. Um, you know, and this is as good a team as they've ever had. Dan, I think one of the most fascinating parts of the Clippers this year is something that uh, they unveiled the other day. Uh, yeah. Steve Ballmer has created Clipper Vision, and this is a, a, a streaming service that you can purchase, and they're going to have games broadcast, I think, in Spanish and Korean, something like the Manning cast with guys just talking about the game in one regard, and they're also going to carry the TV feed. Uh, Steve Ballmer's been ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Is this going to be the future? Um, part of it, I think, will be. Um, I'm not... 100% sure on all of it. Um, Andrew Greif had a really good story in the LA Times about this. Um, it is interesting, and I know I know from my time around the Clippers when she almost bought the team, like, this is something he talked about almost immediately, right? Like, there was a first, especially when it came to broadcast, for, like, for some way to, like, meld technology with that. And I think, you know, the most interesting thing to me, Fred, is that, like, you don't have to be a cable subscriber in Los Angeles to watch the Clippers. And I'm not talking about the KTLA games. I mean, like, you could pay for this and you would have access in a way that, you know, typically, like, local games are blacked out on, on NBA League Pass and stuff like that. And, like, you know, you can pay for this. And I think it, it does in a, in a rapidly cord-cutting society. Um, you, you know, that, that to me is really interesting. I, I think the other, like, you know, the, the, the second, um, the, the additional language broadcast is obviously a way to, they want to have a wide tent and they want to invite as many people in. I, I think the Manning cast is cool and, and, you know, or whatever they're calling it, and, and an idea. 
I just I don't know that it lends itself to basketball as much as it does in football. Football, there are, are natural like you know a Great. play happens and then there's pauses, twenty seconds yeah. to talk and yeah and there's time to talk about what you just saw too right like basketball is just continuous motion. Um, so I, I I'm curious to see how it lends itself in the second screen experience to that. How willing the players that they're um, hired to do this, the talent, like how willing they are to like for lack of a better phrase, like, quote-unquote, go there? Like, how honest are you going to be? Um, how candid about your own life in the NBA are you going to be? How interesting are you going to be? Or are you just going to be like, you know, the Clippers really need to get the ball to Kawhi Leonard for a jump shot? Like, if they're saying that on the second screen, like, that's not what makes the Manning Cats fun, right? Like, there are – makes the Manning Cats fun is, like, the, the, the guests and, and sort of, like, this really expert insight from, like, all-time great quarterbacks. So, I, I think trying to mimic that – to me, is, it's an interesting idea. I don't know if that has staying power. I do think, though, seizing control of like your local internet rights to me could be a transformational thing in sports. All right. Well, Dan, we appreciate you jumping on. Have fun up there tonight. Uh, NBA season is underway. We'll talk again soon. Guys, thank you very much. It feels like it's been forever since we've had an actual game, so I look forward to discussing one with you. And we will look forward to that tomorrow. Thanks, Dan. All right, guys. Rodney, 1 o'clock, Andrew Friedman will hold yeah. his news conference at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, we'll will. go out there live. David Vassay is also out there. So we'll hear what he has to say, maybe let you weigh in on that. That's coming up top of the hour. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. Afternoon delight. What you know about hair? Where's private jet stick in the go yard? Diamonds on the necklace. Did I hit a wood? Took a shot. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Today's Afternoon Delight is Two Step by 2 Chains. This song is the lead single off the soundtrack for the house part of movie Remake, which was produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter's Spring Hill Production Company. For 2 Chains, this track follows the release of his seventh studio album entitled Dope Don't Sell Itself, which dropped in February of this year. Again, today's Afternoon Delight is Two Step by 2 Chains. All right. And now... From the court to the courtroom with Jacob Emrani. And now our weekly chat with our buddy Jacob Emrani. Jacob, how are you? Hey, how are you guys? Doing well, Jacob. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Here, here we go. NBA season tips off tonight. What are your thoughts on the Lakers? Well, my thoughts on the Lakers is that, you know, we just went through six games, you know, during the preseason, and we didn't really get an opportunity to see what they looked like, right? We had Anthony Davis not playing three games. You know, LeBron sat. We had a couple of guys, lots of different lineups. So, you know, tonight is not really, at least in my eyes, is, is one of the toughest ways to start the season because of the fact that you haven't had a lineup that's played together, that's comfortable, and we're still trying to guess what, you know, lineup's going to be on the floor. 
Um, I think what's exciting is that usually when someone's getting their rings, they're so emotional that, you know, sometimes they're not as good on the floor. So I think, you know, we have to make sure that all the emotions of the Warriors is going to help us as we figure out what our lineup is going to be. But I'm excited, man. Basketball's back. How could you not be excited? Right on, right on. And speaking of that excitement, as we start the season, Jacob, what do you got your eye on? What are you, what are you looking for in these first five to ten games from this team? So, number one, I want to see, you know, whether all of the talk about defense, defense, defense is really going to translate onto the court. Number one, that's really important for me. I think another thing that's important is, you know, some of our guys that were not healthy last year, you know, the likes of Kendrick Nunn, I want to see, you know, what he's going to bring to the table. Because I think we forget that, you know, if you have a tough-minded guard that could stop the guards on the other team, if you have Anthony Davis being healthy, being himself, if you got LeBron on the floor, right off the bat, you're 75% of the you know, way there. Then all you need to do is have some role players actually hit some shots, and you'll be in just about every single game. So, you know, I'm excited to really hoping that Anthony Davis is going to take this and all the talk during the offseason about how he may not be the franchise player and all that. Hopefully he takes that and takes it real personally and comes out and actually is the Anthony Davis that we traded so much assets for. Jacob, our listeners love when you offer advice. And today, let's talk about left-hand turns. Who is at fault when one person is making a left-hand turn and hits another? I have to tell you, if I was to, you know, get a dollar for every single call I get regarding a left-hand accident, you know, I would definitely have to work a lot less than I do because so many left-hand turn accidents occur here in California. The problem here is most of us, when we make a left-hand turn, we think that it's the other side, you know, the party coming from the other side coming straight that's at fault. Either they're speeding or they ran a red light. But, you know, the DMV laws usually and the police, when they come out to actually make a report, if you're the person making the left-hand turn, you are presumed to be at fault for the accident because the other party coming the opposite side and going straight they're the ones that actually have the control of both the street as well as the intersection. So what I always like to share and let people know is that if you're making a left-hand turn on a street that is not controlled by a light, don't make your turn until you're sure there's no cars coming from the other side. I don't care whether they didn't look like they were close enough or they suddenly sped. I always make sure until there's no cars, that's when I make my left-hand turns. If you're sitting at a controlled intersection, remember that you have to wait until the light goes to yellow as it's moving to red before you make your left-hand turn because you need to make sure that the other car has no opportunity of coming into the intersection. A lot of those accidents occur, he said, she said, and most of those go against the person making the left-hand turn. And last but not least, if you are unfortunately in one of those accidents and you know you have to make sure to find witnesses because I do know that a lot of people run red lights. But yeah. as a left-hand turner, saying somebody ran the red light, guys, is not gonna, you know, is not gonna make you not guilty. Finding, you know, actual witnesses who normally come up to you and ask you if you're okay, get their name, get their phone number, you know, record them saying whatever they say. Those are the ones that are gonna help you in a left-hand turn. All right, Jacob, great stuff as always. Really appreciate the time. Excited for basketball. We'll chat next week. Thanks, guys. All right, Go there Lakers. goes our buddy Jacob Imani. Yes. 
And get the tickets you want today at Barry'sTickets.com. Don't miss out on Lakers home opener this Thursday against the Clippers. Barry's Tickets also has a large selection for Chargers, Rams, Monster Jam, concerts, theaters, and more. Barry'sTickets.com. Let Barry book you up today. All right, we'll break for the top of the hour when we come back. We'll send you out to Dodger Stadium. Andrew Friedman in his postseason address to the media, and you will be a member of the media because you will be listening to every minute of it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.